Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. You know, Faisal, we talk about uh, transitioning uh, and downsizing often, and we talk about it, you know, the, the sort of the family impact of it and how to right-size and so on and so forth, but we've not yet covered off what you should know about from a legal perspective because there's some differences when you move or you live in a single-family home, right, versus living in, say, um, an apartment or a condo where there's a, a, sh- a shared space and yeah a condo board and those kinds of things. And there's some potential new law coming in mm-hmm. saying that uh, there's going to remove the age restriction. Remember, there's an adult-only building? Yep. That might be gone. Yeah, well, it could be. Anyways, um, we thought we'd better explore this. So we've got uh, Robert Noche here is joining us. He's a condo and real estate lawyer at Miller Thompson. Robert, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit about what you can expect from a legal perspective if you're that person that's deciding or that family deciding to downsize, downsize a regular single-family home into, uh, say, a townhouse or a condo? Well, let me first, by saying this, if you don't like people and if you don't like (laughs) rules, you probably should not consider apartment living or condo living (laughs) because those two things go hand in hand. And you have to live with people in a confined space and you have to adhere to certain rules about your behavior and what you can or cannot do. So that's very important to keep in mind. But broadly, more broadly than that, of course, is the fact that when you live in a condominium, as I indicated, there are rules. So you have to consider things like, do they allow pets? Is it an age restriction uh, type of condominium? And of course, as you rightly pointed out in your, in your preamble, uh, that may change by January 2018. Depends on what the government of Alberta intends to do with, the, with condominiums and the age restrictions. And the other thing you need to consider is that when you live in a single family home, for example, mm-hmm. and you look at your hot water tank and you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to put that off another year and I'll replace it next year because I don't have the five, $600 to spend this year, you can make that decision. But when you're in a condominium and the board decides that it needs more money to replace the elevator or do repairs in the parkade or something like that, you have no choice. And, and say to the board, well, I'm going to defer my payment. You're going to be obligated to pay for it. So things like that, the state of the building. So in addition to looking at where it's located, is it close to the amenities you need? Is it close to transit? Is it by a park? Is it close to other family members? All those things are important to look at. But there are other things you need to look at. How old is the building? Mm-hmm. And what type of repairs are upcoming in, ter- in the next five to ten years? And does the condominium have enough money in the reserve fund to pay for it? So if, if, if over the next five years the condominium needs a million and a half dollars worth of capital improvements, and it only has $50,000 today in the <laughs> reserve fund, the math is very simple. You're either going to see a significant increase in your condo fees or you're going to be hit with what are called special levies, special assessments, one-time big amounts where the condo board says, we need you to fund this for us because we've done a bad job of managing it. So, so Robert, let me jump in here by asking a couple of questions. First, whose responsibility is that for disclosure? Is it the, is it the condo board to, to provide that for, uh, for every potential purchaser? Is it the, the seller who has to ex- uh, get that information? Or is it the buyer who has to dig in and find that information? Because it's not like it's available on a website where anybody can access it. Correct. And, and in fact, first and foremost, the, the information should be provided as part of the due diligence that a buyer 
uh, would undertake when before removing those conditions to buy a, a condo, for example. So that level of information, and if you're missing anything, you better ask for it because unless they're obligated to give it to you under the contract, the real estate purchase agreement, you you may not be in, you may not have that information, even though that's an important piece of the information. So it's on the buyer. To, to take those steps, number one. Number two, the fact is is that there is no quick answer to some of these questions. For example, there's no registry you can look at to see which condo in Alberta ha- has had a special levy over the past five years. You've got to dig through the minutes of, of board meetings and the minutia of, of that information to see what kind of building it is. You know, And, and the, the minutes also provide... Uh, a gateway, if you will, to what type of condominium you, you're going mm-hmm. to live in. If you see the minutes that the board every month is fining owners for little things and there are 10 owners being fined on a monthly basis, you can see what type of board it is. It's an aggressive board. Do you want to live there? Yeah. So unfortunately, there isn't a quick uh, place you can look to for that information. The onus is on the buyer. And I don't know if every buyer has the capabilities, the the skill set, or even the, the willingness to get all that information. So who can they use to, to get this kind of analysis done for them? There are a number of entities that do condo document reviews for buyers. Um, and then, of course, if you want to spend more money, and I've done this as lawyers, and I know of other condominium lawyers who have done it, where they provide that service as well. The, the sad part is, though, is that in addition to the typical real estate cost that you would incur from your real estate lawyer, to review those documents is an added cost because mm-hmm. the lawyer spending that time or the or an, uh, some sort of condominium document review company is spending that time. So, But I also say this to people, this by far is probably going to be the most expensive asset you buy. My home is the most expensive asset I have. Why would you not want to spend that extra time and money making sure that things are good? It's not like buying a, a dress shirt at a department store, taking it home, and your spouse looking at you saying, what were you thinking, and taking it back and getting your full refund. It's a little different in condominium living. That's a typical day of the Dave Popwich house, by the way. Just so <laughs> Robert, let's, let's talk about what your rights are as a tenant, and then I want, to, I want to flip that over and then talk a little bit about dispute resolution, because I suspect no matter how much you like people, you're gonna, there's going to be situations where you run into different uh, opinions. Yes, of course. And so uh, if you're a tenant uh, and living in an apartment, so it's a rental type of, uh, uh, of accommodation, uh, your rights are governed by the Residential Tenancy Act, and you as a tenant have certain rights, and if there is a dispute between yourself and the landlord, there is a tenant advisory board that can uh, that can help in the dispute. So the, the issue need not go to court. So the process can work and does work, and it, it's helpful for tenants and, and landlords because it, it doesn't require a lawyer to help you through that process. But right. obviously, as a tenant, you should know your rights, and if in doubt, uh, if there is tremendous amount of information on on the websites under the government of Alberta with Service Alberta and your ver- your municipality, whether it's the city of Calgary or the city of Edmonton, for sure, where they have a tenant advisory boards that help in that process. So that's number one. And so be aware 
be aware of your rights and and don't be sucked into uh, assuming that the landlord's position is accurate in law. The other issue, of course, of course, in condominium living, uh, there is no uh, dispute resolution board yet. Uh, they're going to approve certain amendments to the condominium legislation back in December 2014. It's not been proclaimed into law yet. And so part of those amendments would create a condominium dispute resolution board uh, to help owners and condominium boards deal with disputes on a more timely and cost-effective manner. Mm. So we have about less than one minute left. Um, Robert, tell us about the possible changes to age restrictions in condos that we're, we're hearing that's going to possibly happen in the new year. Yeah, earlier this year, uh, the government of Alberta entered into a consent order with a senior who challenged the human rights legislation here in Alberta saying age should be a ground of discrimination, should not be allowed to be discriminated against. And the government didn't oppose it, but the order from the court was suspended for a year. The court, the, the government of Alberta has one year to amend the legislation to make age um, uh, ground for discrimination. So you can challenge it. The question is this, age in Alberta is still defined as 18 and over. You can, even with this change, you can discriminate against children. The question that this government will have to answer, will they go forward with amendments and, and make it uh, the age virtually at birth to, to death? That's the issue. And, and today, those living in condominiums and 45 plus I have no idea what the implications will be. Will they be grandfathered, or will they have to make the change, and then it's a, it's a free-for-all? That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know what? For those who bought into those condominiums, many of them are worried because they, yeah. they, they bought into a particular lifestyle. But the argument is this. So if we can discriminate against age, clearly we can't create a condominium and say we only want blonde hair, blue-eyed people. So why, why, do, why are we allowed to discriminate against age? That's the issue, though, for those proponents who want to see the change. Robert, I want to thank you for your time today. appreciate your insights. Thank you so much. Have a super you, day. You too. We've been draw, uh, joined by Robert Noche. He's a condo and real estate uh, lawyer with Miller Thompson. And before we sign off here... We have got, um, we've got an upcoming seminar that we want to invite everybody to. You know, Robert was talking about how rules may be changing, the laws may be changing. Well, the rules to retirement change, and so does your investment portfolio. And we're going to talk about how the rules change and what you can do to profit and protect in these types of markets on Tuesday, April 25th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now, you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or go to our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. Stay tuned after the break to hear about an interesting option for homes in a young and vibrant community. You're listening to News Talk 770 and More Than Money.